In December of 1969, billboards popped up all over the world. New York, Toronto, Tokyo. White boards with big, bold, black letters that said, War is over. And then right underneath it, smaller. If you want it. Love and peace from John and Yoko. Now, it was the middle of the Vietnam War, and John Lennon and Yoko Ono had been launching a peace campaign with bed-ins, maybe you remember either seeing these or hearing about these, press conferences that they had um, were, were conducting from hotel beds. And these billboards were like the beginning of this multimedia campaign, which kind of concluded with the song, Happy Christmas, War is over in 1971. Now, being a self-proclaimed <coughs> Beatle maniac, I have spent a lot of my youth being very unimpressed with Yoko Ono. Anybody else? How could she break up my beloved boys? Albeit years before I was born, but I still take it very personally but in my elder years, as you might say, I have come to admire Yoko's lifelong commitment to being an advocate for peace and equality. Because it is not easy. We know this. It's not easy to stand up year after year for a cause that seems to take one step forward, three steps back. In fact, a backdrop to this whole War is Over campaign on John and Yoko's part was a televised progress report by President Richard Nixon as he was going to um, tell everybody how things were going with negotiations with Vietnam for just peace. And he said this, I must report to you tonight with regret that there's been no progress whatsoever. And while the Vietnam War may be in our collective rearview mirrors, the reality of war, of violence, of acts of hateful prejudice seem to be laid out in front of us today and into eternity. Will it ever stop? It's the age-old question. Even the ancient Israelites cried to the heavens to wonder if they would ever be liberated, if they would ever feel like their lives were not full of oppression and struggle. And so years and years and generations and generations ago, God sent the prophet Isaiah to proclaim, essentially, yeah, it's going to end someday. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above all the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up war against nation, sword against nation. 
neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Today is our first Sunday of Advent. And as I spoke about last week, according to the church's liturgical calendar, this is the first day of the year, a day that we begin a journey of preparation for the birth of Christ at Christmas, an event that sets the stage for all year. And so this is Advent, again. And what is different this year than last? What has changed in our world that might set us on a different path than every year prior? Sometimes it seems like the same song over and over. And that's the challenge and the gift of Advent It's not just a countdown to Christmas with a little chocolate treat for every day from your calendar, or maybe other things. I don't judge you on your Advent calendar. (laughs) It is an opportunity to find light in the darkness. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote, Just when everything is bearing down on us to such an extent that we can scarcely withstand it, the Christmas message comes to us to tell us that all our ideas are wrong and that what we take to be evil and dark is really good and light because it comes from God. Our eyes are at fault is all. God is in the manger. Wealth in poverty, light in darkness, succor in abandonment. No evil can befall us. Whatever men may do to us, they cannot but serve the God who is secretly revealed as love and rules the world and our lives. And before we shrug Mr. Bonhoeffer off as naive or Pollyanna, let us be reminded that he was a German Lutheran pastor who was known for his staunch resistance of the Nazi regime in the 30s and 40s and was hanged for his belief and activism. So as we enter this season, this Advent, we experience the light and the shadow, the bright and the dark. And just when we feel like the darkness might just overcome, according to Tish Oxenreiter in her book, Shadow and Light, which will be our Advent study this year, she writes, God redeems the darkness. God wants to infiltrate the shadows the hardest life has to offer and bring light beyond our comprehension. And so this season, I invite you to sit in the dark, 
figuratively and literally. Maybe take some moments in your living room before you turn on the tree or light the candles to consider the shadows in the world, but also in your own heart. The Talmud states, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. And so this is Christmas, and what have we done? Another year older, a new one just begun. So a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.